Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. We're recording this just a few weeks after Opticon 2023, Optimizely's annual conference that took place in San Diego in October, where there were a lot of exciting announcements, and we're going to get to at least a few of those today. Innovation and creativity don't happen in a vacuum. Humans work better in groups, and the right platform provides a base for their collective imagination to flourish. Today, we're going to talk about content creation and management as tools to boost creativity and effectiveness of marketing efforts, all to the benefit of the customer. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Dean Barker, Global Director of Content Management at Optimizely. Dean, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. Good morning. Yeah, looking forward to talking with you. Um, So why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing at Optimizely. Sure. Um, I have been working on the web since just after it was born. I got on the web in, in 1995 and quickly kind of settled into content management as a professional focus. I've been working in the CMS space specifically, and then the broader content technology space for about 25 years now. I ran a system integrator for many, many years. We became the very first North American partner for a Swedish CMS called EpiServer which now is, is Optimizely. And then in, in 2019, I came aboard then EpiServer, now Optimizely, to provide the strategic direction for their content management platform. And that's the role I serve in today. I do um, subject matter expert for CMS. I do analyst relations, um, a lot of thought leadership, around our content management product and our broader content suite, which we call Orchestrate, which is our content management system and our content marketing platform. Great, great. So uh, yeah, let's let's dive in here. Um, so your, your talk at Opticon, it was called uh, Palaces of Innovation, the Impact of Platforms on Creativity. It offered a great way to look at the power of collaboration and content creation and marketing. For those that weren't able to attend, can you talk a little bit about this power of collaboration and what it enables teams to do more effectively? Yeah, I've been working with content teams for for decades now, and I'm fascinated about how creativity and innovation manifest themselves. I worry that we have kind of a dearth of, of creativity and really innovative content in the space today. So I'm interested in how teams get better, how they create better content, how they work better together, how they're more innovative. And my current area of focus there is around the role that platforms play, specifically software platforms. What I did in the talk is is I looked at content creators 
throughout history. Like Leonardo da Vinci was a great content creator and, and Eminem, the rapper, was a great content creator. And, and I looked at some of the things that they have in common and, and I realized that the things that they have in common were that they externalized a lot of their creativity and their thinking. What they did was they got ideas out of their head and they got them into artifacts and they externalized to a place, like they all gather in a particular place to work and they externalized to feedback networks and they just, they externalized their creativity. And, and I stumbled upon what I call the romantic lie of creativity. And that's this dream that we have that it's kind of the mad scientist trope that sure. everything happens inside your head, that you have this magical creative space inside your head and amazing ideas come out of the singular mind of, of one person. And they just don't think that's true. I think the great content, great ideas, great innovation come from networks of people working on platforms, externalizing their thoughts. And so that's my current area of focus that I'm interested in. That's what the talk was about is how we can use platforms, specifically software platforms. And in terms of our product line, it would be our content marketing platform, how yeah. creative teams can use that to amplify their creativity and their innovation. So yeah, to, to build on that then, what, you know, what role does the right platform play in this? What it enables teams to do is process ideas faster and more thoroughly. And what it allows them to do is refine ideas in the context of a team. There are a lot of people in your organizations that have one half of a great idea. Someone else in the organization has the other half of a great idea. How do you get those two halves of that idea out into some kind of artifact that can be consumed and then put them together and kind of combine them and reify them into something that can provide your business with some value? And I'm fascinated by the role that the platforms can play in increasing increasing creativity by making it easier to basically get inside people's heads, see what's inside their head and how it matches up with inside somebody else's head. How do we put these ideas together to make something greater? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to switch gears a little bit and, and talk about one topic that is top of mind to many. Um, we've had a lot of conversations about AI and we'll get to that in a second. But first I want to talk about headless and composable approaches is they can have a big impact on the way that teams work as well as the way customers experience a brand. So first, just in terms of definitions, things like headless, composable, even mock get thrown around a lot. Um, how do you look at the differences between these terms? And you know, what should marketers know about each? There are a lot of terms for the same thing these days. Yep. Uh, mock, you mentioned Mock, which is, is short for the Mock Alliance, which is really a marketing consortium. And this, uh, this organization is promoting a certain standard or a certain philosophy of developing software. And the philosophy is basically the headless philosophy, which says that your content management system shouldn't really manage output. It shouldn't create, we divide content up into content and then artifacts. An artifact is something that's made from a piece of content. And a great example of that is if you have a web page in a browser, you have a tendency to look at that and say, well, that's a piece of content. Well, it's really not. That's a web page. No. That's an artifact, a web page that's made on a piece of content. And in a perfect world, that original piece of content would be turned into multiple different artifacts. It would be turned into a web page. It would be turned into a Facebook update. It would be turned into a tweet, a PDF, and a text message or whatever. Well, a headless content management system just manages the content and it leaves the artifacts, it leaves the output to other systems. And the Mock Alliance is really a marketing consortium that's based around this philosophy. 
and uh, they're promoting this philosophy. Now, you said something interesting just a second ago. You said that headless has really affected how customers experience brands. And I'm going to dispute that a little bit. Ideally, whether or not something is headless, that's a technical architectural constraint. Whether or not something is headless or not really is internal to your organization. Hopefully, the customer should never be aware of this directly. Indirectly, you would hope there were some benefits, meaning you can get content out to more than one channel so the customer may be able to experience it more in one place. I mean, we could do that now, but it's just harder. So um, headless is really a technical architectural concept that promises to make it easier to work with content and easier to push content into different channels. And the goal there is there would be an indirect benefit on the customer, but but hopefully your customer is not aware that if your content is headless or not. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a great distinction to make. And, you know, I think as, as there's a lot of marketers listening to this, I'm sure, you know, there's, we, we love our jargon and, and our, our terminology and stuff like that, but it's, it's good to kind of clarify the, uh, clarify that. So, you know, then given that, you know, where do headless or composable approaches fit in the modern MarTech approach? Well, composable is, I, I'm not going to be negative about composable, but it's something of a buzzword. Um, yeah. Composability is not really a revolution. It's something that's been going on for years. And it's the idea that you have a suite of tools. You have a stack of technologies that you use for your marketing. You have a content management system and you have a website management system and you have a personalization platform and a customer data platform. You have all these different tools. And the idea of composability is that you can take all sorts of different tools in the different genres and combine them into one marketing suite. You can compose your marketing suite from many different tools from many different vendors. And the opposite of that would be the suite approach, which means you buy an entire suite from a single vendor, which has all of the different tools which are kind of designed to work together. There are advantages and disadvantages to both approaches. The advantage, the claimed advantage of composability is that you can pick kind of best of breed. You can decide, I like this tool from this vendor and this tool for this vendor and this tool for this vendor. You can kind of put them together and have this like all-star team of marketing tools. The reality is sometimes it's hard to get them all to work together. There are interoperability issues. There's no, there have been several attempts, but there is no grand unified communication protocol for MarTech right now. I mean, all of these different tools have to be kind of designed to work together. And then the opposite of that approach would be the suite approach where you would buy them all from a vendor and, and they all work together because the same vendor is working on them all. Back in the day, we used to call composability best of breed. And I remember being in corporate IT back in the late 90s and having this exact same conversation. Right. Do we do best of breed or do we stick with a single vendor? So um, composability is a great idea, has a lot of promise. In reality, sometimes it's hard to get that value because these different systems that you put together, this all-star team is full of players who don't speak the same language sometimes. So I'm not condemning composability. It's just there are a lot of promises out there that it doesn't always live up to. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. 
It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com slash agile, that's partnerhero.com slash A-G-I-L-E, to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Now let's get back to the show. So then uh, I think I might know some of the answer to this next question, but you know, where is there room then for, you know, I'll call it traditional content management that, you know, isn't headless or composable? And, you know, how should be how should brands be looking at that in, in, in this greater context? So for most organizations, I mean, without question, the web is still their biggest channel. I've made this statement. I, I made that statement in a conference over in Singapore once, and I was called out. And apparently, this is not true in Asia. In Asia, mobile apps are much more prevalent. They're the mobile apps are fundamentally the main communication tool. But for I would say the rest of the world, it's fair to see that that web is really the largest single communication channel that organizations have. I mean, the web is really the anchor for a lot of organizations. I don't know. In a perfect world, would all channels be equal? Maybe, but uh, the world that we live in, the web is is still really your primary yeah. marketing focal point. That being the case, I, I think that most organizations, and this is a big statement, but I stand by it. I think mo- most organizations are well served by focusing their content management, their experience management around the web, but having systems that allow them to do other things. I think a web content management system that's designed for the web, that solves a lot of problems for the web, which makes editing web content easy, but also provides headless APIs so you can reuse that content in other places, I, I think that's absolutely a valid approach. And honestly, that might be the preferred approach for most organizations. Uh, again, a big statement, but I've, I've made that statement for years and I stand by it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, last topic I want to talk about is the role of AI in all of all of the above that we just talked about. And, you know, it's uh, certainly AI is top of mind these days for, for a number of reasons. And, you know, specifically generative AI this year alone has gotten a lot of a lot of attention and, and continues to do so, you know, with any new, let's call it new technology, even though it's not brand new, but it's new to a lot of people. We'll just put it that way. But you know, any any new technology, you know, there's always plenty of hype. But how much of the hype with generative AI would you say is is justified, and how much is just hype? Well, it absolutely remains to be seen. We're all in on AI, especially generative AI. We already have generative AI built into several of our products now. Mm-hmm. Our content marketing platform, where our customers create most of their content content. You can use generative AI to create images, to create text. We're certainly all in on this. But to be fair, I think every vendor right now, we're throwing a lot of things against the wall and we're waiting to see what customers really pick up on. I think a lot of the development and innovation in AI right now is what I would call exploratory or trial. We're trying to see what customers will pick up on, what they will like, what they will use. We have concentrated all of our AI initiatives, of which there are dozens across the company right now, under the the brand of Opal. Opal is our uh, encompassing name for all of our AI initiatives. And we really had to come up with some kind of brand and product identity for them because there are so many right now. We're just saturating our product line with AI features. But right now, we're waiting to see really what our customers use. And I don't think the end of that story is going to be written for a couple of years yet. 
Also, what becomes interesting in AI is that right now there's competitive advantages for organizations that pick it up. If you're using AI right now, you're kind of one step ahead. What's going to be interesting is when everybody in your competitive space has access to the same AI tools you do, right. then what happens? Then we're kind of all back at the starting line because we have access to all the same tools. So right now, AI is something of an arms race. Everybody is trying to come up with the tool that provides a competitive advantages. We're waiting to see what our customers pick up on and what they use. But there's no question. It's just a massive, massive area of investment for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and to your point about the, you know, when when the playing field becomes more level, let's say, you know, doesn't it just come back to then the best content wins again? <laughs> or, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, this is, I don't want this to come off sounding cynical, but I, I don't want organizations to look at AI as a tool which alleviates them of any need to concentrate on the other areas of their yeah. process. I mean, content is still about people. It's about process. It's about ideas. Generative AI helps in one part of that, but you have organizations that are just laying off all of their creative teams and abandoning all of right. those tools because they think Gen AI is just going to solve every problem. Well, eventually all of your competitors are going to have that as well. So you're going to be on a, on a level playing field in terms of AI. And so when that's the case, the advantage is going to go to the organization that has better process, better people, better ideas, better platforms. Yep. And so I just want to make sure organizations don't kind of take their foot off the gas in terms of refining their platforms, processes, and people, thinking that Gen AI is the be-all and solution-all to everything. And, and again, I don't mean that to sound cynical, but organizations that stay ahead, leading organizations are the ones that look at Gen AI as an ad, not as a replacement. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and back to the topic of of collaboration i mean i i look at ai as a you know it's augmentation not not replacement to you know to the point of what you were just talking about and almost you know as a as a collaborator of its own right it, it may not be human but you know first you know wonder what your thoughts are on that and you know and if you agree like how does that change the human team dynamic because you know it's 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 liable to yeah, in some senses, you're adding a team member that just types really fast, right? Right, right. So you're adding an extra team member in addition to the team members that you currently have. And so you use the word augmentation. I think that's perfect. I mean, it's an augmentation. It's not a replacement. Look at your current content team and said, if I added another team member, where would they fit in? Where would they fit in in terms of yeah. process? Like, for instance, for generative AI, when do you use it? Do you use it in the beginning just to test different concepts out? Do you refine the context and then use it towards the end to actually generate the final copy? And then what about prompt writing? Does need to be a center of excellence or a practice inside your organization for writing prompts? I, this is not new or surprising news, but writing a prompt can be difficult. Yeah. Um, small variations in prompt can give you wildly different responses. And there's really an art form to writing prompts. And how do you manage that inside your organization? How do you get better and better about writing prompts and lessons learned and what works and what doesn't? And I think you can only do this through good collaboration, good platforms, good team communication. And these are the basic fundamentals that have been true ever since we've been creating content. Yeah. Well, Dean, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, one last question before we wrap up here. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on at, at Opticon, lots of great content, lots of great opportunity to, to connect. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from the Opticon show? 
just the passion of our customers and our partners. We have uh, some great customers that are just really all in on our product suite. I run the customer advisory board for our Orange Street suite. And I get to sit with our customers for two hours and just talk through our platforms, both the good and the bad and things that they would like to see changed. And we have such a great free flow of information between us and our customers and our partners and just the passion that we see for our customers, our partners for creating great experiences, creating great content. It was just, it was really inspiring. That's wonderful. Well, um, again, I'd like to thank Dean Barker, Global Director of Content Management at Optimizely for joining the show. You can learn more about Dean and Optimizely by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.